Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM. Fight of my life with Russ Williams and Spencer Oliver on Talk Sport. Hello there, this is Russ Williams alongside me, my very good ex-boxing buddy, Spencer Oliver. It is another edition of Fight of My Life over the course of the next hour. We're going to be speaking to one of Britain's greatest former boxers about the defining fight of his career, build-up story behind it. There is quite a story as well, the aftermath, and that is really significant. On today's show, we're talking to this man. It's a miracle that I'm still alive. I should be here today. I truly do believe in miracles, and that's what I am. I'm here for a purpose. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm a winner and a born champion. The four to the best. The Dog Destroyer meets the Force. Yes, Dog will bet against Michael Watson, a power pack pairing in the Super Tens. Fighting against Nigel, for me to prepare for Nigel, like prepare myself to save my life. A perfect punch. Unusual for Ben, really, to back away. The man who thrives on his toughness. I'm a slow starter. I, I take time to warm up, and I was, I was warm. My matter of fact, I was the hot. Oh, he's gone! So the big hitter has been hit in the sixth round. He gave me the fight of my life. He brought out the best in me. I had no fear. I was just ruined alone. The force lived on. It certainly did that night. Well, Spence, before we hear from the force, what fight are we going to be talking to Michael Watson about? And also, just tell us a little bit about Michael Watson, the fighter, and Michael Watson, the human being, who you've got to know really well over the years. Russ, we're going to be talking about Michael Watson versus Nigel Benn. This was for the British and Commonwealth middleweight titles. Took place on the 21st of May, 1989. It was in the Super Tent Finsbury Park. The fight was dubbed Who's Bad? And Michael Watson would go on and win via KO in the sixth round. Michael Watson would also become the most inspirational person in my life because 
of the tragedy that we both went through, Michael Watson would become my mentor, my hero, my inspiration. And I feel an honour to be doing this interview with him today. Well, Spence, the force is with us. Michael, we would like to welcome you to the show to discuss this fight and your life in boxing, and it's great to see you. Absolutely. So this fight, there might be people listening, Michael, thinking, well, why have you chosen the, the Nigel Ben fight? I mean, Ben, 22-0, and 22 KOs. They might have expected you to pick the fight that was so significant in your life with Chris Eubank, but you've gone for this one. Why? I didn't pick the fight. It was by public demand. Absolutely. Nigel was an Ilford man and I was from the other side. It was Gladiator's a, rivalry. It was a fight, Michael, that you was going into, that you was a big underdog. Nigel Benn at the time was 22-0 and 0 with 22 KOs. You both had great world rankings. You was number three by the WBC. He was number four by the WBC. But did you have any fear going into this fight, knowing what a big puncher Nigel was? Spencer, it's all about carrying the elements of self-belief. I've always believed in myself, and what a blessing when it was coming up to, towards me fighting Nigel, I was sparring against men like Daniel Donnelly, John the Beast Mungabi, Cutland Lang, and Dennis Andrews. These are the brothers I was sparring with just to season me up for Nigel. I was, I was, fully, I was fully confident in my, in my potential, and I had no fear. I was just ruined to go. The force lived on. It certainly did that night. Michael, you said literally at the start of the show a few minutes ago that the fight happened because of public demand. That was obviously a, a huge element of it. Do you remember where you were when you found out that the fight had been a successful match-up and it was going to happen? I was with my family and I was hungry. Like a lion, ready for war. Michael, tell us about your training camp. You know, how did the training camp go? What did you do to prepare for this fight? You know, did you do anything different in training camp to you normally done? I mean, tell us about your normal routine, your normal, normal training camp, especially for this fight. I didn't take Nigel lightly one bit because he was truly a devastating, devastating fighter. He, he, he was on my mind 24-7. I walked, I, I slept Nigel. He wasn't fully prepared for that, man. He, he, he could have killed me. He killed me in that ring. 22 fights and 22 knockouts. He was no pushover. What sort of sparring did you do for that fight? Did you prepare any differently to any other fight that you had? Massively. Fighting against Nigel, for me to prepare for Nigel is like preparing myself to save my life and my career. If Nigel would have beaten me, it could have been the making of me, the making or breaking of me. It could, it could have ruined my entire career. If I didn't beat Nigel, I, I, I wouldn't be who I am off today. You're um, a North London man, a boy at the time of the fight, and, uh, and the fight was at Finsbury Park yes. in the big tent. I mean, did you feel that it was a, a fight that suited you because it was in front, essentially, of a home crowd? Absolutely. You know, the way Nigel fought, I, I, 
I studied the way Nigel fights. He's come forward. He's always attacking his opponent, opponents from the head head on. So every time he hits the person from the head, head they go they go down tumbling like a ton of bricks. But my main hero is Muhammad Ali. Was his fight against um, George Foreman, and I adapt the same style. I'm Muhammad Ali. You got Foreman, Foreman to burn himself up. I use the same tactics against Nigel, and it paid off. You used that peekaboo style. Is that where you got that from, from Muhammad Ali? Mm. Because that was the style that effectively got you through this fight. Because to explain to people what a peekaboo style is, you had your hands open over your head. If you had your hands clenched, the power of Nigel's shots me in the force would have knocked you out. But you you adapted the right tactics, the right style. Where did that come from? Muhammad Ali against George Foreman. Can't hit what you can't see. I wanted Nigel to punch himself out on one glove, and that's exactly exactly what happened. When you're faced with a fight of such importance for you and for Nigel Benn, like this one, in your quieter moments, Michael, maybe when perhaps you were just about to go off to sleep and you would have been thinking inevitably about the fight that was going to happen, did you ever have for one second, one millisecond, any element of doubt? No doubt whatsoever. That you might lose. You knew what was at stake, but no doubts whatsoever. I don't doubt. But I also love the elements of fear. It keeps me... It keeps the, the, the adrenaline, adrenaline pumping. It bring out the spark in me. Keeps me on my toes. Nigel had this impressive record of 22 fights with 22 KOs. There was a big noise about Nigel. Everybody was raving about Nigel Benn and how good and how powerful he was. Did that set any fear in you, Michael? I wish Nigel would better to make his record more explosive. When he does that, all I've got to do is not knock him out on the night, receive the, receive the goods, and it's, it's prestige. So did that record and, and that reputation that Nigel had going into that fight, did that make you even more confident? Is that yes, what you're saying? It, yes, it did. It gave him the boost. The more Nigel put on a superstar's profile, all I've got to do is just beat him and take away the goods and prestige. Nigel Benn versus Michael Watson for the Commonwealth middleweight title. And I can only tell you it's a star-studded evening here in North London. There's no way I can fix by going to distance. I'm in the fit shape of my life and I'm ruined to go. And hitting so many times with a left, he's going to be crying for a right. To give you some idea of the international attraction of this fight, it is being beamed live to viewers in America. If I don't get respect from Nigel Benn outside the ring, I'll certainly get inside. I guarantee when I see you on the 21st, Watson, you ain't going to have no eyes to look out of. I'm telling you, you are in serious trouble. It's Fight of My Life on Talk Sports. Spencer Oliver and me, Russ Williams, we're talking to the force. Michael Watson, we're taking you back to 1989 in North London. The fight, as I mentioned, was dubbed Who's Bad? And it was Nigel Benn, 22-0, 22 KOs, who Michael was fighting. Michael, you wake up on the day of the fight. How are you feeling? I'm guessing from what you've said already, it was pretty confident, no doubt at all in your mind. Was it the usual fight day feeling for you or was this slightly different? More massive. 
of brain to go. There's people taking the mick out of me. Even the press is saying, Mr. Watson, smooth move with the Hoover. Look, they used to call me a mummy's boy. I thought to myself, if I lose that Nigel, the, the press will crucify me massively. Smooth move with the Hoover. I'll soon show them what I'm made of. Now, a lot of the press actually before that thought that you was going to be intimidated by Nigel and they thought that actually going into the fight that you was going to go into a quite a negative style, but it didn't turn out like that. You went out there from the first round and you actually got on with it. But before we get to the fight, Michael, you arrive on the day at the venue, we get into the dressing rooms, you're getting your hands wrapped. What was you thinking at that time when you was getting your hands wrapped? Because there's a lot of pressure surrounding you at that time. What was going through your mind? You know, Anne Rotherman played a big role in intimidating me before the fight. When I went into my changing room, believe it or not, I'm not religious, but I believe in the higher power. I'm free-spirited just like you guys. I got down on one knees and I was praised towards Jesus Christ to take away my nerves. I was a bit nervous, to tell you the honest truth. I prayed for about five, ten minutes. When I, spent, when I got back up, my fears vanished. And I, got, I got back up and I felt like a warrior. For the, surprisingly, I was calm as ever. I couldn't wait to get in there. And when I was walking up to the ring, I was as calm as ever. Ready for battle. I was going to mention the ring walk to you because ITV covered this fight, as you may recall, live. Yeah. And your ring walk, they played a commercial adverb breakout. None of the fans watching on television saw the force walk into the ring and uh, when they came back after the ad, you were in the ring. Well, that was the most dramatic ending, but the drama's already started here in Frensbury Park. You can hear all the noise and the cheering and the music, and it indicates that Michael Watson is making his way into the ring. Nigel Benn is doing two minutes after. We'll have the countdown to the Dark Destroyer right after this very brief break. It was all about Nigel Benn and his ring walk. Did you, if you can recall, think to yourself at the time, this is like a celebration of Nigel Benn. They're, they're making a big mistake. I'm going to win this fight. Absolutely. They're 100% because the, the American took interest in this fight. The fight was televised live in America. Ambrose Benny, Nigel's agent, had to boost up this fight massively for the Americans. And I've never seen it expect I've never seen it entrance in like soldiers coming out out of the changing room. Bouncers coming out of the changing room. Dolly girls coming out of the changing room. Models coming out of the changing room. I could not believe it. Missiles going all bomb blind all over the place. Yeah. That's a, that a mission to intimidate me. But I felt as calm as ever. And welcome back to Nigel Band versus Michael Watson uh, live here. Uh, Watson already in the ring. We're waiting for the arrival of Nigel Benn. He should be in by two minutes after by Watson's ring. And uh, here we are. Here he comes. The countdown is on. He had Nigel, several members of his old army regiment. Yes. who all came out, if you remember, in, in white tracksuits and they were all jogging out. It was like a a victory party before the the fight exactly. even begun. Well, there it is then, the 
the 1st Battalion Royal Regiment Fusiliers that Nigel Ben served with. And there comes Ben now. And the, well, I thought it was going to be the Jackson lookalikes, but what a protective party he's got here. But wait until you see Ben's garb. I mean, this really is show business with blood, if ever I'd seen it. I felt like laughing, but I, I then was yeah, all soldiers. At the end, it was just me and Nigel in the ring at the end of the day. Well, Michael, you and Nigel did end up eventually in the ring. The crowd were going absolutely wild. You could barely hear the MC. In the blue corner, from Islington, North London, the challenger, Michael Watson! The first bell goes. Nigel comes out firing. He's firing on all, all cylinders, loading up with every shot. Well, he's come out firing as he said he would, Ben, as he always does in a contest. You've got your peekaboo style. You're covering up, you're taking the shots well, but you're also counter-punching very well. At the end of the round, which was a good round, a close round, you give each other a glare. And I love that glance they had at each other there. You, would, you wouldn't call that respect at all, which you, you really wouldn't there. What was going through your I, mind then? I, I knew Nigel's game plan. He put £15,000 to knock me out in the first round. Put money himself, money on himself to do that. When that first round got, when that first round was finished, I said to him, "I'm still here." That's what I said to him. Did you um, feel Nigel's brute force and strength yeah, in that yes, first I, round? Yes, I, I certainly did. He's like a machine. He's, he's, he's like his gloves had a lump of iron, and he felt like he's, he had iron, iron in his gloves. That's how it felt. On to round two. You're working well. You landed some good shots on the inside, but Nigel Ben starts piling on the pressure yet again. A minute to go in the second. And it's then piling on this pressure, but smart countering and covering up by Watson. Could you tell, Michael, at this stage that you were going to be in for a tough fight? Yes, I, yes, I could. I didn't, I didn't expect it to be easy. I had to go through hell to beat him. But I'm a slow starter. As the fight goes on, I'll, I'll get stronger. And we were talking about this um, before we met up with Michael today, Spence. Nigel Ben's plan was just, just to try and get through the forces' defence, that peekaboo style. And when you try and do that and you're not successful, you expend an awful lot of energy, don't you? Russ, Nigel Ben had a plan and his plan was to go out and blow Michael away inside three or four rounds. Michael Watson also had a plan, and that was to come out behind the peekaboo style and tire Nigel out. And as we get through these rounds, that's exactly what happens. Coming up on Fights of My Life on Talk Sport. The only voice I heard was Cornman Dan Mancini. His voice sounded so distinctive. Oh Michael, use the left hand, use the left hand. And I ended up knocking him, knocking him out with the left hand. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. 
Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. third round then he, he refuses to move from that position Watson doesn't he good cover up stuff he doesn't normally box like that I'm amazed really that he's staying on the ropes like that Watson but he's trying to use him to his advantage well I think Watson's doing the right thing he, he doesn't want to start backing off from Ben because then the powerful swings are more liable to catch him oh Jim it's, it's certainly living up now to its expectations this, isn't it and going the, the way we thought it might but it couldn't be over in a couple of rounds because they, they're both too much of quality fighters for that to happen yeah, well, this is actually even better than I thought it would be because I thought uh, Watson would pay Ben a little bit too much respect and maybe go on his bicycle and try to stay out of trouble, but it's, that's not been the case. Quite the opposite. He's standing his ground and coming back with as good punches as, as I've seen him throwing. Fighting my life on Talk Sports, Spencer Oliver and Russ Williams with the force, Michael Watson. And we're working our way through a legendary fight in the history of British boxing when Michael fought Nigel Benn. We're up to round three, Michael. Nigel Benn, he comes out firing yet again. Uh, I'm sure you remember. You're still covering up. You're working well off the ropes. Benn loading up on every punch, giving it everything that he can. But you're still standing your ground, and then you begin to pick some good shots. Did you feel that perhaps... This was a turning point in what essentially was a war. Yes, yes, I did, bro. And fight went on. I've enjoyed myself. Each and every, each and every way. I'm slow starter. I take time to warm up, and I and I and I was, I was warm. Matter of fact, I was hot. Ready, ready for battle. He didn't know that. Well, we get into round four, Michael. Nigel Ben again starts fast. But this time, you start to stand your ground and you're trading shots with him as well. You catch Nigel Benton for the first time in the fight. Nigel's hurt. He goes back on his heels and you're piling on the pressure. Oh, now he's starting to take punches. And he's trying to ride away from him. He's not protecting himself, Ben. And it's almost as though he's showing contempt for Watson's punches there, Jim. Well, that's 
the exact same thing he did with Logan. He seems to lose concentration. He's just waiting to get his own powerful punches back. But that was a stupid thing he did there. And that's all the confidence that uh, Watson's going to need. He knows he can shake Ben. He knows he can drive him back. Did you feel now that you'd started to get on top in this contest? Yes, I did, Benzam, because his punches didn't seem as affected as before. He lost hope because I was in complete dominant. Jim Watt on the TV commentary for ITV was talking to Reg Gutteridge, God bless him, no longer with us, during the fight, and he said, make no mistake about it, even if Nigel Benn is hurt, even if he's going down, he's still capable of knocking you out on the way down. And I'm wondering why he's done that. Oh, what a return. He bounced off the ropes as he did with Anthony Logan almost. What an incredible fight. See, even when Ben is almost left for dead, he still has that power. It's so natural to him. He still has the power to knock you out. I analyzed that. I, I was out when Nigel's hurt. He's more bad fact, he's more dangerous. He's a true soldier boy he is. No surrender. He's a fighter and he's a born fighter. So, so my main idea was when I heard him make sure my defence is tight. That's what's up place. I knew he was dangerous when 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 I heard him. At this stage of the fight, Michael the crowd were going wild. They could sense that there was a turning in the tide, that Nigel was starting to slow down and actually the force, Michael Watson, had the power to hurt Nigel and push him on his back foot. Did you feel that? Could you hear that with a crowd? Because the atmosphere was electric. Finally, Spencer, and the only voice I heard was cornerman Dan Mancini. His voice sounded so distinctive. Go, Michael, use your left hand, use your left hand. And I said, Zach Watson, use my left hand. And I ended up knocking him, knocking him out with, with the left hand. You could hear Denny as the fight was going on. Yeah, I was down, after everybody else, it was Danny Mancini's voice I heard. And tell us a little bit about Denny Mancini as a trainer, as a man. Very positive and very spiritual. You know, he said to me before the fight, He's very proud of it, and he had no, he, he had no, no worries. He knows I'm going to win. He, he said, "I'm, I'm, I'm a different class of fighter. The fighters I've been in the ring with, completely, I've become the fighter Nigel Ben's been in with. I mean, before I fought Nigel, I fought, I, I fought against Dangerous Don Lee from America, and he fought Tony Simpson." And stopped on Simpson in the fifth round. I thought against Daniel Donnelly. I don't know whether Mickey does put him in to lose. But I beat Donnelly in the fifth round. And it gave him so much, so much confidence. I don't think people recognise how important it is to have... Because you're putting your life in 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 the trainer's hands, you exactly. you trust that you trust the trainer that much, and he had that much of an effect on you in this fight. You feel that he he played a big part in you winning this contest. Yeah, yeah. Danny was my motivation in that fight. He brought he brought out the best. Words words can be very powerful. For him to say that, all I'm gonna do is just use my 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 raid shot left hand. The left hand would be the key to the door to be Nigel. That's what stood. That's what stood into my mind. Spence, um, canny trainers and good trainers can make and break fighters. We all know that. Following the sport of boxing, um, Danny Mancini obviously fitted like handy glove with uh, the force. Michael Watson. If you had been in Michael's place, fighting Nigel Benn, we're playing fantasy boxing here. 
would you have approached those first four rounds in the way that Michael did, or, or would you have thought about doing it another way? No, tactically, Michael Watson, that night, people got to remember how much of an underdog Michael was going into this contest. Although Michael had boxed and beaten better people, Michael was still a massive underdog because of the reputation and the punch power of the Dark Destroyer, Nigel Benn. And tactically, that night, he got it spot on from round one to round six when he done that. And Denny Mancini played that part in that where he would come up with the game plan. Michael had the peekaboo style. We started round one and he allowed him to punch himself out. We get into round two, round three, and Michael's slowly getting into the contest. Round four is the turning point. Then Michael... We get into round five. Again, Nigel Benn starts very fast. He's landing some big shots. But all of a sudden, you start putting Benn on the back foot and you land a big right hand. And Nigel Benn is in big trouble. Benn started moving back of his own accord there, Reg. That's usually the sign when a puncher is hurt. He wasn't pushed back, he started going back, but he's still dangerous. Do you feel at this point that you were on the verge of victory? Yeah, I, I, I said to myself, Benn, just a matter of time now before he falls flat. Time will tell before I get to him. Because he, he wasn't punching as hard, as hard as he was before. I thought this man's wearing out. Just, just, a matter, just a matter of time. And we get into round six and you both start the round very fast. You both meet each other head on in the centre of the ring. And all of a sudden out of nowhere... You land a great combination, a right uppercut, a left hook, and the right hand. The right hand has Nigel Benn in big trouble. He backs off yes. and he turns away. A perfect punch. He's got caught in the eye. If he does not go in, the referee will have to stop this fight regular. There's nothing wrong with that punch. Well, he got caught in the eye with it, and uh, that's unusual for Ben really to back away. The man who thrives on his toughness, and sometimes toughness is not related to winning in this game. At that point, the referee could have stopped the contest, but the referee looks at him and tells him to continue. Showed mercy. And you sensed that. You piled on the pressure and you was moments away before you landed that solid left hand through the middle, a jab that knocked out Nigel Bent. Oh, he's gone. So, the big hitter has been hit in the sixth round and the way he backed off from that punch in the eye, looked as though he wasn't sure he'd been counted out on his feet. Thank God for Danny Manstein and telling him to use that left hand. And that's the same punch that knocks him out in the left hand. The straight jab down the, the middle. Straight jab, the key to the door. How did it feel, being the underdog, Michael, to have beaten Nigel Benn, such a red-hot favourite, 22-0, and 22 KOs in his career so far? It was completely amazing. Completely overwhelmed. Mission accomplished. I'm the main man. The force is the force is back. That's how that's how that's how I got my name. The fourth was in that fight against Nigel. It was a funny atmosphere when Nigel entered the ring. The whole crowd there was screaming for Nigel Ben yes. the Dark Destroyer. At the end of the fight, the People's Champion Michael Watson seemed to have won the crowd over. How did that feel? Nigel Sulkin found abandoned Nigel. The only support Nigel had was his jockstrap. <laughs> you know, the, the, everyone just came over to me that's, that's 
mankind for mankind in general for you. And at the end of the fight, Michael, Nigel Ben was straight over to you. I mean, obviously, huge respect lot, for you. I've got a lot of respect for Nigel, you know. You're still good friends now, aren't I you? Love, I love Nigel like a brother. Yeah. He really, he really, he really doesn't mean the whole world to me. Can you remember how you celebrated, incidentally? Did you have a little party afterwards? Amazing. And when I went back to my block of flats, they had a massive street party. All the neighbours were drinking, playing music, dancing and celebrating. It's it's just a massive entourage. I had to It's fighting my life on Talksport. Russ Williams, Spencer Oliver, and the great Michael Watson with us on this particular edition. And we've just been through that epic fight against Nigel Benn. Six rounds ended in a TKO for the force Michael Watson with that left jab. Danny Mancini said, Use your left hand. Michael did, and he got the job done. And subsequently, of course, has become uh, very friendly with Nigel Benn. There is an honour, as we all know, amongst boxers. One or two maybe uh, not so friendly with, but that's a story for another day. When we were coming in to meet Michael today, I think this is worth mentioning, this sport is in your very heart, Spencer, just like it is in Michael's. I mean, you are elite, special people. Mm. Absolutely. And uh, the thrill for you to uh, be subsequently become friendly with Michael, when you were a kid, you watched this fight. And this was one of those fights that inspired you to become a professional boxer. And that is why there's such a big connection, I think, between you and Michael. Yeah, it's incredible when you think about it. You know, watching this fight way back in 1989, I was sort of like a 13, 14-year-old kid. And you would be watching the likes of Michael Watson and Nigel Benn and looking at them and they were your heroes. You know, you're looking at them and they were inspirational people. You wanted to be them. As I got older and sort of like I turned professional myself and then obviously we'll talk about this. Michael Watson went on to have another six or seven fights before boxing Chris Eubank. He had two incredible fights with Chris Eubank. Well, first fight was very controversial. He should have won the fight. The second fight, he loses in the 11th round and picks up a terrible injury, he sustains a blood clot to the brain, he goes into a coma, etc. And I followed that path. Yes. I had the same thing happen to me six or seven years later. I was the next person that, that sustained that same injury, the, the, an injury where I slipped into a coma, picked up a blood clot on the right side of my brain. I went into a coma for two weeks. And I think with everything that happened, the medical science and, and the lessons that they learnt from Michael's injuries that sort of helped me make yes. the recovery. My, Michael became a mentor in recovery to you, didn't he? More than a mentor. Michael was, I used to look, so after I'd been through what I'd been through, 
Michael had contacted me. I looked at Michael for hope. He was, yeah, he was more than a mentor. He'd become a good friend and somebody that obviously that I admired. And, you know, I think that we've, we are part of that elite group and they call them heroes, you know, because we'd come through what we'd come through. And Michael gave me the strength and the hope to, to rebuild and, and continue with life. Because when something tragic happens to you, I think Michael was 26 when he sustained his injury. I was only 23. So you're still a kid. And when that's, your boxing's your life. And when it's, when that door shuts and something as terrible as that happens, you've got to find direction in life and you've got to find another avenue. And, and you need people around you to be able to help you get on with that. And, you know, sort of, be able to continue with life and, and try and find a new avenue, a new a new route. And Michael Watson was was that guy for me. He helped me find my way. He's got a special place in my heart, obviously, because we are both two guys that have sure. been through what we've been through and we've both come out the other side. A lot of people listening, um, Michael, may be surprised that you didn't pick the second Eubank fight uh, or maybe even the first one, but probably the second one is the the most important fight in your career, but you, you did pick Nigel Benn. Just for clarification, why did you pick that fight? Because of the Nigel Benn fight, an awesome fight I had with Nigel has made me who I am off today. The fourth. From that fight, I got that, that, that label, label of the fourth. He gave me the fight of my life. He brought out the best in me, like no, 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 no other fight can. Spencer's touched on it. Uh, White Aunt Lane, the second Eubank fight. You're on the verge of victory. You knock Eubank down, but somehow Eubank gets back to his feet, lands a huge uppercut, puts you down. He's got plenty of guts, Eubank. He's down there taking the best. Oh, he's got him down now. That's the first clean knockdown he's had in his career. Now, is he going to give him a mandatory eight count? I thought he would have that under WBO. I'm surprised at that. He's walked in and he's now Watson. Stay down. The trainer's calling out to Watson. Take the eight count. And the bells, there was no actual count. We couldn't hear whether the timekeeper was taking it up or not. Absolutely sensational 11th round. You did manage to see the round out, but in round 12, the ref eventually waved uh, the fight off. After that is when the real personal drama for you started you collapsed in the ring and then you went on to spend 40 days in a coma you've had six brain operations i think i'm right in saying and like spencer had a blood clot you had a blood clot as well can you take us there michael what what, what do you remember of being in the ring at that time and, and what was happening because i think people would be Surprised to know, for example, that there was no St John's ambulance or medical staff in attendance at all at this fight. It's a it's a miracle that I'm still alive. I, I shouldn't be here today. I truly do believe in miracles, and that's what I am. I'm here for a purpose. I'm here. To, I'm here for the saving of Spencer's life and others in general. And also, I've. When this accident happened, I couldn't walk and I couldn't talk. But amazingly, I walked 26 miles for the Brandon Spine Foundation. I raised med 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 medical equipment for the hospitals in general. 
And that's it. Another reason why I'm still alive today. And also, I'm a vessel, a vessel of inspiration for people, people in general. And I appreciate who I am of today. And, and amazingly, for throughout everything, Muhammad Ali came up to see me when I was in the hospital ward. You know, he passed on a serious message to me to like to say, "You saw my fight against Nigel Ben." And he's, he's, he truly was impressed. Up to this day, Spencer, that, that live more, and he said, he said to me, he's very proud of me. I'm a true champion. And people like myself will live on. I've come from my home that That those words would never leave my thought. Yeah, you truly tore up the script that day, Michael, because you shouldn't be here. You know, the, the medical procedures weren't in place, but you made that recovery. And from, that's why I say for me, you're my Muhammad Ali, like, because I look at you and I see what you come through. And that's, that got me where I am today because um, you give me strength. Amazingly, Spencer, when Ali came over to me, he passed the banner on, on to me. No, he said, you're, you are an amazing man, Ali said to me, and you will live on. I'm very proud of you. And his spirit is still in me. I thought a force of his spirit dwelling within me. The show goes on, Spencer. The show, the Mark Watson show goes on. And you're a part of it. Did Muhammad Ali and that meeting and what he said to you give you inspiration and even more determination in your uh, rehabilitation, Mike? You don't. He's a man of great character, you know. I, 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 and I couldn't talk. I, I couldn't talk at, 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 at that moment. I could only speak with my eyelids. But throughout his character, he said, "You know what, Mister Watson, you're not such a bad looking man, are you? But not as good looking as me." <laughs> and he just thought his face so much. His eyeball popping out of his head. I broke up. I made the first sign up, uh, first sign of of noise I made. It's like when I, when I made that noise, it's like an ice being broken. Uh, look, look, I'm, I'm here again today. On with up. Michael, I was taken back to the Royal Albert Hall. So I had my fight made a second, 1998, at the Royal Albert Hall, where I collapsed in the tenth round, slipped into a coma sustained a blood clot to the right side of my brain. I was in a coma for 12 days, recovered. I was in the hospital for about a month. After, I, after I'd come out of the hospital, I was trying to piece it all together. Now, I'm, I, the reason I'm saying this, because I, I, we've never had this conversation, but I was trying to piece it all together and I couldn't pull it together. And they took me back to the Royal Albert Hall to see if I could have any sort of memory, any recollection of the fight. I remember staring over the balcony, looking down where the ring was. I don't remember anything. I don't remember being in the Albert Hall. I don't remember anything at all. They took me into the dressing room. This is a true story. They took me into the dressing room. I looked around the dressing room and I thought, I can't remember being here. I can't remember warming up here. True story. I opened up the dressing room door and my suit that I was going to wear after the fight was still hanging up in the wardrobe of that dressing room. So I knew I'd obviously been there, but I had no recollection, but the suit was hanging up in the wardrobe, but I had no memory of the fight. And the reason I'm telling you this story, Michael, is because I'm asking you, 
do you have any memory of the fight or any recollection of the fight? Because I I don't remember the fight. I can remember the weigh-in the day before and I remember waking up at the hospital bed, but I can't remember the fight, which is really weird. That's why I'm asking you. I can. It's hard to forget that. All I can remember being crispy, uh, you banged pillar to post. And then making it, all these funny noises and making a body shot. Making a body shot. I can't forget it. How did it go? I found, I found, How did the body shots go? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was very entertaining. <laughs> making me find a noise. Every time you move the body shot, all, 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 all I'm hearing is. Mm. No, I can't figure that, Spence. I'm being honest, bro. Yeah. It's fully, it's fully entertaining. It's it's amazing, isn't it? Because that's why I wanted to ask you, because it's like, you know, we've been through I found that. It, I found it to be very amusing, amusing at the same time. <laughs> Incredible that you actually remember that. Absolutely. Your rehabilitation continues uh, to this day. Obviously, um, your comeback is considerable. And also, well, I've got... This man here, my, my new carer, I love him with all my heart. He brought me up from rock bottom. It's, I feel a bit emotional saying this, but my life, I've given up, given up hope. Mm. Because, because I, I've rock bottom. My senses has come into my life. What He brought back the force massively. This man here, her and top of that. What do you enjoy doing? you know, away from thinking about boxing and being the, the boxing person that you are. Do you have any hobbies, for example? I love inspiring souls. This man here, he's, he's, done, he's, he's, he's done the world of God, you know, the food. I'm just being more looked at. I'm, I'm back, the force is back. Thank God for this man now. I think it's fair to say Haroon plays a huge part in your life, Michael. I know that. I know that, you know, how, mu how much time he spends with you, how much he helps you, gets you around to places to for you to do your inspirational speaking and for people to see you. It's just an inspirational thing. You know, I'm overwhelmed when I see you every time I see you and we've known each other for oh, well over 20 years now mm. and I see you and every time I see you, it just gives me a pillar of strength. Like, it just there's something special about you and I think, yeah, I salute Haroon for everything that he does for you it's, because he, he plays his part it's massively. Good to, it's good to have good people in your, in your life. And this brother, he's got he's got sent. He really is. We've got a final question for you, and I'll, I'll be honest you with you. You said that an hour ago. <laughs> well, I lie occasionally. <laughs> when it's good, it's good. And, and it's normally, if you could change anything that you've done in your boxing career, what would it be? But I'm just wondering whether we alter that question to be would you have changed anything no, no, about no, your boxing career? I'm glad to be who I am. Despite everything that happened after the second Eubank fight, you wouldn't have changed no, anything? No, I wouldn't. I'm glad to be the fourth, an inspirational figure for me, to give hope to people where there's no hope. I thought giving giving them the, uh, the extreme pleasure. I, I believe that you was put back here for a reason, Michael, and that reason is to inspire other people, and you've certainly done that, mate, because... Oh, absolutely. Without people like yourself, I think that I, I could have possibly been, you know, in a terrible place. And I think that people like you inspired me, not people like you, actually you inspired me to, to help me come back. And, I, and I, I can only thank you for that, mate. And thank you for your time today, because honestly, it's been, it's been an absolute pleasure reliving this, absolute reliving privilege. this fight. The fight of your life has been incredible. It certainly has been the fight of my life, man. My son, my 
you I'm more, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm a winner and a born champion. The force is back. And you've just heard the force. Michael Watson on Fighting My Life. It's been a pleasure having you with us. It's been a pleasure hearing you speak so glowingly about Michael and obviously the awful things that you went through as well, Spencer. But Michael, you're a hero to many people, if not everybody listening to this program, certainly to my good buddy, Spencer Oliver, and um, to me as well, the work that you're doing, and you're a hero to yourself. Michael Watson, thank you for being with us on Fight of My Life. It's been absolutely brilliant. Uh, That is it from this edition, and what a show, Spencer. We'll be back soon with more Boxing Life Stories.